This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Death by Southwest, the podcast where each week I share a different grisly murder story unique to the American Southwest while my sister and co-host tries to piece together the clues and unravel the mystery behind each of these heinous crimes. I'm your host, Margo. And I'm Jenna. And I'm Mark Guest. Yeah, we have a we have a Mark special Guest. Mark Guest. We have a special guest host today. Um so Just Mark is going to be joining us with Jenna. Just Mark. <laughs> That's right. I used to, we talked about that though, didn't we? How we used to call it, yeah. I don't know if I cut that out or not, but well, let's cut it this. Cut time. it out. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys about the episode. You guys know nothing about this. Obviously, that's the whole point. I'm gonna tease the episode for you. So today, we'll venture into the perilous and often dark world of the adult film industry as we follow the rise and fall of a once budding adult film star, Timothy John Boham. From Nebraska to Hollywood to Colorado, we'll follow Timothy's journey filled with small town values and big city dreams, love and loss, good versus evil, and ultimately, a murder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Oh, shit. And pornography. True. Yes. And pornography. Definitely. Is that his real name? Bohan? That is that is how do you his real spell it? B-O-H-A-M. Oh, that's kind of exactly sounds like how a porn name. It. Yeah, it does. But he but that's not his porn name. Oh my gosh, he what picks is a his... different porn name? What's does he have name? a different Ham person? Bone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's good. a good one, yeah. That's not it. <laughs> be good. I'm is not gonna tell you it yet. First and last. Yes, he Both. has a totally, totally. different like okay. stage name for his okay. porn. Yes. Oh, well, I you won't get into it. Couch name? I won't get into it because well, now I will. Yeah, get into it. You know how they say, like, pick your street name and your first, first pet. animal. Your first pet and your street. What is my first animal? Like, pa- as Molly. an adult? Oh. Molly Whitmore. I like to use Olive. Fine, then you're Olive Whitmore and I'm Molly Whitmore. I'm Whitmore Olive. No, what? It's Come your on, pet and on... then your street. I'm a, uh, Yours is it, good. The street name and then their dog? No, no your dog's name and then your street. Smoky Mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> you lived on Mohawk Lane? Mohawk Drive. Oh. Uh, Smoky, Mo- it's kind of a good porn name. Yeah, yeah, I like better it better than Whitmore Olive. Yeah, no Olive. I know, but I like Whitmore what about Olive. Whip, or you could be Whitmore Mitzi Olive. Whitmore or Fritzy or, Whitmore. No, what was my goldfish's name? Fred. Fred, Fred Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's almost bet the best because it's so basic. I'm uh, um, next about like coming a, out a, is Fred Whitmore. <laughs> Do they announce people in porns like that? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking stripper. You thinking Johnny Carson? Or what about what about like the second street and then the second animal? Because mine could be Sophia Purbody. See, See, you just wanted that. Yes, exactly. And Purbody, per it'd be Purbody Sophia, because Purbody was your cat's name. Yeah. Sophia was your street's name. What a cat named Purbody? Her name was Mister Purbody, and that, it was it was, it was interesting. She. She identified. Um, <laughs> listeners, we would love to hear what your porn names would be. So it would be your first pet or your favorite pet. I oh. think it's your first pet. I think it's your first yeah. pet. And your and your first street that you lived on's so name. Was a favorite also, pet? you know what? Ours would not be it Whitmore. Doesn't. It would be mine would be Molly Baldwin. Yeah, but I wasn't cognizant Molly then. Baldwin. 
Oh, that's actually better. Baldwin. Baldwin. Baldwin was the street we lived on in Highland Park. Olive Baldwin. Yeah. Baldwin and Whitmore Olive. was in Lincolnshire. Baldwin. Okay. We've right. gone on too long. Yeah. We've covered that. So anyways, we have Mark and Jenna here today with me. We are doing a, what's today? Saturday? Saturday recording. It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Shit. <laughs> Sunday. And that actually is perfect for how we are all feeling today. We had a lovely family dinner evening last night and are are feeling a little tired today i'm gonna keep it real general well these guys drank till they couldn't drink anymore and i just <laughs> had waters yeah i mean maybe i had a few cocktails <laughs> um but before i tell you a story we're gonna do our sense of place we're gonna do our our sense of place we're in the living room actually margo likes to call you it did the that family last room time. you can't do it again oh really oh. why Last time I said we're going to do our sense of place. Let's do our sense of place. And Mark was like, well, we're sitting in the living room. We're in the family room. That's not our sense of place, but that's funny. It It was funny. But you can't do it again. Okay, how about this? We'll track it. It loses its funny. I'm sitting on the opposite couch today. That's true. You were sitting here last time. I'm actually on the lounger. Jenna always sits right there. I'm always right here. Yep. So we've changed my I'm usually where you're sitting or right here, actually. I'm always me. Right here. So that's our sense of place of where we're recording. How many Let's, people do you think have turned off this episode already based on this intro? 12 out of 13. <laughs> well, the weird part about it is it hasn't happened yet. So what? So our sense of place today is Aurora, Colorado. Has anybody ever been there? Negative. Negative. Okay. I've never been to Colorado. It is situated in the central part of the state of Colorado. It's adjacent to the city of Denver and it together with Denver, it forms the Denver metropolitan area. Metropolitan. <laughs> that would have been funnier fuck. if we just left it. Denver Jeez. metropolitan. It's like a weird place, like Batman movies. The Denver metropolitan area. Um, so it's a suburb of Denver, basically. It's actually quite large in terms of area it's 155 square miles and denver i think is only 153 square miles so it's a suburb of denver but if you look at aurora on its own it's bigger in oh. area not in population what's tucson oh no bigger probably bigger i think it's 200 something yeah i do but aurora only has 380,000 people as the population tucson has Upwards of a million. About a million, if you're taking all the suburbs of Tucson. Um, the elevation ranges from five to 6,000 feet above sea level. Oh. Jenna always likes to know the elevation of places. I said that on the last episode, remember? Yeah. Well, then you're going to have to cut that. No, it's okay. Um, Drop it. And so Aurora is a diverse and sprawling city with a mix of residential, commercial, and industrial areas. It has a lot of neighborhoods. It's known. It has like... Uh, I researched it. I don't have it in front of me. I want to say like 80 different neighborhoods within Aurora. Each neighborhood has its own like character and like dynamic. And um, so some are suburban. Some are more urban. Um, it can range, the architecture can range from modern to traditional. It has a ton of parks. And it is known for being um, part of the Rocky Mountain region. It's very close to the Rocky Mountains. So that gives you our, our basis for Aurora. And then I have a couple of interesting Aurora facts. Let's hear them. It is the third largest city in the state, but it ranks number one in terms of diversity. What are the first two? Denver and... Aspen? No. no. It's not in Colorado. Collins? Wait, is Aspen in Colorado? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Fort Collins. I couldn't come up with another place. Denver and... Denver, Colorado Springs, and then Aurora. Fort Collins is fourth. It's very diverse. It's one of the most diverse cities in Colorado, though. It has a large Hispanic population, African-American, Asian, Native American. It's reflected in the city's cuisine, culture, and art scene. And over 90 languages are spoken in Aurora's public school system. 90. I, truthfully, when I read that, I was like, I don't even know that 90 languages exist in the world. I mean, that... I mean, I cut that. Yeah, I cut that for sure. But 90 in the... like. That in the public school system, like, but it must be confusing. Spe- well, they're not speaking it like to teach the kids. I imagine well, in ninety course. languages. It's, it's not like I'm teaching my class in ninety languages, but there are ninety different languages that are prominent in the public Mark, school so system. You guys are explaining something that I already understood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the bell goes off. It's all bing boom. They're all where are you going? You're all ancient Aramaic. <laughs> what is 
It's a language. Yeah, it's Wait, what is it? Aramaic. Aramaic. But it's like a old language. Do I, am I going to sound like an idiot? I'm going to have to cut it's this? It's fine. But Mark is better at that. He's smarter than me in some ways. Like, he is quippier. Maybe in I'll. In some ways. I'm going to. He's not duh. quippier. He has I'm, a little bit more knowledge smarter. on the like geography, whatever history part. Book smart. I'm better. He's not in, quippier. I'm She's better. better at life. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not better <laughs> at life. I'm just a better person. This is so oh, interesting okay. because we just like we had our episode and then you just had an episode and now we're doing it together and people people obviously adore and love you and oh, the people like me. liked you a lot and so I'm so interested to hear. I think the they're gonna vote together. me off the island. Which I'd be okay, okay you with. Off the island? No, they're not. Oh my god! What no, are we, people, do you know how many people I, comment and say like, "It makes me want a sister." I love your dynamic. Jenna's so. Somebody wrote in and said, "I love how Jenna takes this very seriously, but she's also funny." And she said, "But Mark is just like funny. You didn't take it seriously, apparently." Oh, I'm just kidding. I people think, love. I don't know. You both are great. I, I don't Who think anything. Maybe they're gonna vote me off the island. They're gonna have ass. you two do it. That'd be funny. I'm like, unwilling. how how do we do that? Because you know they used to like cap off like the like your little torch or whatever. Survivor. Oh. Instead, we just like all. we just di- dip your microphone in the water. They're all. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> I've never You're seen Survivor. Wow. Okay. What does this have to do with anything? Nothing. With oh, we ancient track. Aramaic, is, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. Languages. Languages. I've literally never heard that word in my life. You've and never I feel heard like the I'm in word Aramaic, even if you didn't know what it was. Never oh, heard interesting. it. I feel like I'm a fairly educated person. I've never heard oh, that word. Sumerian text. Yeah, that's heard Sumerian, yeah. of course. That's yeah. interesting. Aramaic. I like that word, but I've never heard it. It's A R A M A I C or something. I may be wrong, wow. but I believe that's what the Dead Sea Scrolls is written in. It's like that's an ancient, interesting. It's on the lookup Aramaic. list. Actually, I believe that Sean Thompson, our human GPS, is probably gonna have things to say about this. Oh, we know we will. I'm sure he will. I'd be oh, very grateful for it. Hit us up, a bro. A lot of things. Okay, oh, next fun fact. Mark's just WhatsApping everyone. <laughs> Keep giving those shout outs. Yeah. Um, Aurora is hugely popular for brewing their own beer. Apparently, Colorado is also like generally known as a very popular craft beer place. Uh, but what? So I found this from a. So is every place that has water now. <laughs> Thinking you know. about it. Fine. But what most don't realize is that many of the people who are firing up the tanks and brewing their own beer are they are also the same people that are filling important roles in the community. So Chaluna Brewing, the co-founder is Javier Perez Coach. He brews in the evening and during the day he's a very successful physician in the ER at the VA hospital. Wow, that's interesting. He's mm-hmm. a brewer and a doctor. Yes. And him and his wife also founded, um, so they founded this Chaluna Brewery in se- inside of Stanley Marketplace, which is an old aviation plant with 50 local shops. And that also is an interesting thing because I'd like to go there. Well, they have cool. like cracked rib IPA. <laughs> 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 Spleen pale ale. Hey, here we go. Oh, come on. That's With funny. the quippiness. Okay, there's also a place, speaking of shops, there's a place in Aurora that's a completely waste-free store. It's called Zero Market. It's Colorado's first waste-free store. Everything you find, nothing goes into the landfill. Everything is either recyclable Composted. or compostable. Bulk foods, body and skin products that are free of plastic and plastic wrapping, um, to-go containers and cutlery are made to be reused or are compostable. Like literally everything, every single thing in the shop is waste. Is, it will never end up in a landfill. That's kind of cool. It's pretty dope. What's a body and skin? What does that mean? Body and skin product. Like beauty products. You know, you buy like beauty products and they have like little plastic wrapping on the top. Oh, okay, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, none yeah. of it has any of that. And the and the bottles they come in are all either reusable or compostable or, or recyclable from. Right. Yeah. Um, it is a digital, a top digital city. It was it was in 2008. Aurora's ranked the top digital city in America, among cities with populations 250,000 or more, for using technology to create a seamless environment between local government and its constituents. I didn't research it beyond that, so I don't have more to say except for that. I I don't know what it means. That could be a lookup list. I wasn't really listening. And I have two more facts. We've talked about this before. Do you That's remember it. what sister cities are? Because we talked about that for, I don't know, Tucson or something. Uh, yeah, but I forget. Do you something know what like they g- they like give and take to each other or something? Mm-hmm. Like 
something. Not yeah. like the Twin Cities. Right. No, no. Sister cities. Sister cities are like, um, I actually don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to go by memory here, which may be incorrect. But sister cities are like um, like major cities. You connect with another city in the world, like in a different country, and you share... Trade goods and whatnot. <laughs> oh, Shit. Somebody look it up while I tell you what the sister cities of Aurora are. So Aurora has a sister city program. It was established in 1972, and the city currently has five sister cities. I'm going to massacre all of these names. Shizhushan, China. (laughs) I just got that. We can't get 90 languages over here. We can get basically one. Shizhushan, China. Oh, well, yeah. Tarija, Bolivia. Asogbo, Nigeria. Asogbo. Aurora, Aurora, Illinois. And Higashiomi, Japan. Shishuan. Shishuan. That's probably better. That's right. That's right. That's better. That's how I'd say it. Yeah. Shishuan. Good job. Well, I don't know if that's how you say it. I think that's true. Did you look up what sister cities are? Yeah. Okay. And? And? A sister city, county, or state is a broad-based long-term partnership between two communities in two countries. Uh, Sister Cities is a national initiative begun by Dwight D. Eisenhower shortly after World War II to develop economic, cultural, and technical exchanges between U.S. cities, counties, and states with corresponding communities worldwide. That answers it, right? Yeah, no, it totally does. Last, Last fact. In 1992... I wish you had a quiz for us. You, know, you don't know anything you, about Aurora. I know, but sometimes you do quizzes for I know me, the and Mark would fun. get them all right. Well, Possibly. Or, oh. Okay, but anyways, go on. So what's the last fun fact? It was the location where a movie in 1992 was filmed. Okay, can you give us a little more insight? Yeah, like a slight hint. Like, how like 92, a lot of movies, I'm sure, were filmed. Tombstone. There's two main characters. Who, yeah, one has blonde it? hair and one has dark brown hair. And they, like, Play guitar, I think. The Doors movie? <laughs> wow, that was a lot. <laughs> so there's two characters. One's blonde. One, one has glasses and one doesn't. I mean, one was in... Um, <laughs> with the cat. A movie with a cat? Mm, wow, you're really... Andy War. Oh, um, uh, Michael Austin Myers. Powers. Right, one was in that. Oh, he, uh, Michael Myers, Mike Myers was in, yes. Are Austin we not Myers, talking and he was also scary in this movie. Mike Myers? 1992. Halloween. Halloween. Oh, I know oh. what it is. Oh, no. It's, uh, oh, it's a Saturday Night Live. God, I can't think of it right now. Jim Dana Carvey was also in it. Yeah, it's, uh. They, like, hung out in the basement all the time. Wait, the one I just talked about? No. Oh. I'm totally saying. Of course I'm, you have. You've I'm drawing a blank it. right now. Okay, but you, you know, know what this, it is? Who's in it? Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. Yeah, they're in like a gremlin. They're driving Wayne's around. World. That's right. Yes. Okay. She nailed it. You did not. I know. I was like, he knew it, it, but like, yeah, but I you get got why it. you didn't uh, say you know, the actors. You right know off why? The bat. Because like immediately, I go to my favorite line in that movie is when Mike Myers goes up to. So he's like in a concert. This. He's at, he goes to a concert. His girlfriend's that one. Blonde girl, chick. No, she's like a Asian <laughs> woman, and she's all like attractive and whatnot. And uh, oh, shocking! Oh, stop it. So anyways, he goes up there and he's like, hey, man, my girlfriend's in there. And he's like, listen, bro, a lot of guys' girlfriends are in there. <laughs> See, and I would have ne- like, I couldn't tell you one line from Wayne's, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> that's, that's what that humming was. Oh, uh, oh, okay. mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I mean, but you're like, not really hitting the tone. Okay. <laughs> also, you could like say a line. I, we were talking the other day and I said like, oh, Legends of the Fall is one of my favorite movies when Ooh. I was a kid. Love that movie. Yeah, of course. Mark and you immediately like came out with like a fucking line for it. What about A River Runs Through? Is that what it is? A River? A River Runs Through is Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. And he's also in Legends that? of the Fall. He's also in Legends of the Fall. Right, but do you have a River Runs Through it line? <sighs> oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, the best line in The River Runs Through it. And he's like, what are they? It, it's He's telling a different joke, but he's like, what are the fish biting on? He's all the end of my line. Ah, uh, see? Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Don't miss what happens next in today's episode. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, you guys ready? We're going to jump in. We did our sense of place. I'm sorry, I didn't have any trivia for you. But we're going to jump into our story today that has a lot to do with the adult film industry. And Timothy John Boham is who we're going to learn about first. Timothy was born on May 27th, 1981 in the heartland of America, Stewart, Nebraska. It was a quaint town of only about 3,000 people. He had an extremely religious mother, Susan, and a pretty vindictive and abusive father, Tim Sr. And he also had a sister who was two years older than him, Catherine. Um, so Tim Sr., Tim's dad, was a long-haul truck driver, and Susan was mostly a stay-at-home mom. I know, I saw you. Like, we have truck driver stuff. It just comes up again and again. We have so many truck driver listeners. I feel like it happens a lot in our stories, so... So Tim's dad was a long-haul truck driver. His mom was mostly a stay-at-home mom, but she would pick up odd jobs from time to time to try and help make ends meet. She would, you know, um, help clean other people's houses, sew their clothes, things like that. Money was often an, an issue for this family, for the Boham family. So Susan, uh, Tim's mom, was very involved in the church, often would bring Tim, Tim Jr., and Catherine with her. Tim Sr. rarely joined them because he much preferred praying to Jack Daniels. He had a very severe drinking problem, which kind of spurred his anger, outbursts, abusiveness. It's funny that we're both like, we're all... (laughs) No comment? I just took a pause (laughs) to have a drink. Yeah. (laughs) We're all... So Tim later in life described his childhood like this. He said, I felt like the religion was being crammed down my throat every day, all the time. When it wasn't religion, it was a belt and being belittled and beaten. It was just a horrible childhood I had. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Sounds crappy. Yeah. So he didn't have a a great home life. And then at school, he was he was a pretty small kid growing up and he got small in stature. Yeah, he was small in stature. He was a tiny kid growing up in in elementary school and stuff. So he got harassed a lot. And he said um, in terms of his school life when he was younger, he said it was always the same kids that, that did the teasing. The same ones that laid into me in first grade continued all the way to high school. I hated everything about school. So he, because we went to school with the same kit, like, well, you went Speak to for yourself. Yeah, girl. you're right. I'm sorry. So I went to school all the way through high school in Chicago and I went to school with kids starting in kindergarten at Laura B. Sprague. I was with them all through kindergarten and then in Shout Daniel out Mr. Wright. Best. Oh, Mr. Best. And then Daniel Wright, same kids. And then when I got to high school at Stevenson, six other middle schools fed in there. So it was like the 150 kids that I graduated with and had been with for eight years, nine years, and then all these new kids. And then I graduated with like a class of 1,500 kids or something. So uh, we like moved a little bit. So we went school district. You, know you did I mean? so when you changed. were a kid? Yeah, it's like, you know, like kindergarten, elementary, and then like junior high and then switching like because the district we're in. But what's funny is in elementary school, I went to Butterfield where – Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Your nieces go, mm-hmm. and uh, when Good I start, one. when I became an electrician, the guy I work with, who was has already been an electrician, from the same age, he's actually six months older than me. He was already like a journeyman, and I apprenticed with him. But we went to Butterfield Elementary, school elementary school, but I didn't know him. Oh, and that is because cool. we talked yeah, about. You and guys like, came back around. And he's like, we both at the same time were like the same age, and like I don't remember him. Like I guess we never. Did he like, remember you? Up. No. Did you have glasses when Do you were little? Think you looked I've different? had glasses since I was three years old. So oh my yes. god, I bet you were so cute, You've, little with yeah. Glasses. I don't know, adorable. Mark. I've never seen a. I don't know if I've ever. I'm sure I have I at your mom's house. Baby but pictures like, of you. 
I don't want to see baby pictures. I or like little toddler. kid pictures. <laughs> I was a adorable baby. I mean, you had baby. like cute little uh, kid glasses. I mean, like when I like when I was delivered, they didn't put glasses on me, you know. Well, right. Nobody figured you that. We're not three. <laughs> you said. I know the nurses were like, "He's a very attractive baby." <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> also, if we could take Mark right now to the high school you went to. Oh, oh my god! Freak out! No, he would be yelling and screaming about like the ridiculousness. Oh of yeah, it. it's insane. And this was back the last time I was there. Well, I guess I went there once when I went back to visit, but like in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Mark, you would. Oh, it looks like a a very elite college. Yeah, it's there's indoor pools, yeah. Olympic sized pools. Multiple. What? Yeah, it's she. She went to the most she went, she she she. I went to one of the best high schools in the country. Really, it makes the top twenty what list happened? every year. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come on, someone had to say That's that. That's true. No, I did. My mind was. I was very lucky to exactly. go to one of the best high schools no, in the country. You, you would really. You should it's show shocking. pictures after. It's shocking. This. All right, that was a, We got hole. we got off track. Well, clearly we all had a very different uh, high school experience, and it sounds like Tim did as well. He was teased a lot in school. When he was eight, he was diagnosed with ADD, but his parents decided not to medicate him. Um, They thought the issue would go away as he got older. And in 1994, when Tim was only 13 years old, his father was involved in a horrific trucking accident. Tim seemed... Tim Sr.'s vehicle skidded across the icy Nebraska road, jumped the medium, and plowed into oncoming traffic. He died later that day in the hospital. While they were all very sad to lose Tim Sr., they also couldn't deny that life was a little bit more peaceful without his constant drinking and rage and anger. I mean, that's, which is fair, I think. I mean, you can miss somebody and be sad that they're not here and also appreciate that they're not here i feel like right some people are assholes you know yeah like I, i'm looking at you man sometimes <laughs> whoa, whoa, <laughs> i'm, kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, maybe they didn't catherine yeah. catherine didn't maybe you know she didn't want to get a divorce she had kids and all this susan susan had kids and all this and maybe didn't want a divorce right and she didn't really have a job so like yeah and life gave her a tough tough blessing yep Yep, it was sad, and it was also kind of a blessing. You're right. And without the constant fear of being yelled at or beaten by his father, Tim kind of had a chance at this point when he was 13, 14, 15 to explore, like, who he was and what he wanted to do with his life because he really never had that chance before. He was getting made fun of and bullied in school. He was getting beaten at home. He wasn't happy. And so once his dad was gone, he had a much more peaceful life at home, and he could kind of, like, come into his own. And he didn't know exactly what he wanted to do, but he knew that he did not want to be poor like his family was. He didn't want to always be worried about money. He thought maybe acting would be a good career for him. And so he started auditioning for roles at school, and he got he got starring roles in some of his school productions throughout middle school and then into early high school. What did he look like? He was very good looking. Well, very good ding, looking. Ding, ding, or yeah. whatever, right? So yeah. that's actually, it's funny. That's my next line because I, I have the next thing Whoops. I have is once Tim was in high school around 15, 16, he really blossomed and he became, ve- he was always a very cute kid, but he was small, which is why he got made fun of. But once he was 15, 16, he he's now over six feet tall, very fit, very athletic, very fucking handsome. Like, very wow. attractive. Do you have a photo? I sure do. Okay. Yeah, let's see Can a photo of this see? sexy bastard. Let's see it. Is oh, he... What age matter. is he in this? Well, he was born in 81. Let's so say he's 18 This is in not this the photo. best picture of him. Is he 18? Yes, he is. Well, he's at least 18. But he's a good-looking dude. Yes, he is. Yeah. Wow. Also, he's I don't ripped. love his tan lines. Like, he had a tank top on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah he's true. a good-looking individual. Yeah, and that's right. actually not the best picture of him. He's a very, he, like, he's an attractive. Can you say he, very he one trophies. more time? He's very good He looking. won trophies, athletic trophies. He sure did. <laughs> athletic trophies. Yeah, he was, he was a good looking. He was very good looking. Very was good it, looking. Was it for the pole vault? <laughs> oh, no, um, it's some ball. Star, it's like, funny. what is that trophy? Look at his Probably trophy. soccer, volleyball, I don't it, know. The ball's in his hand. Let me see it. It looks like a soccer what's ball. That, what's that? What's that? He's bowling. You? 
Oh, bowling. Oh, he's not bowling. You guys are I don't know. Fine. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They might not be his. Maybe they're his dads or his brothers. All right, focus back in. So Tim blossomed in high school around 15, 16, became incredibly handsome, came into his own, you know, was not being made fun of for his size. And now he was actually kind of known in high school as like a ladies' man. Like girls were obviously really into him. And guys realized that girls were into him, so they wanted to hang out with him to like have girls around. This and he was sense. he was dating a lot of girls. He was a ladies' man until he met Monica. Monica transferred to Stewart High School from Lincoln, Nebraska to Stewart, Nebraska, and met Tim on her very first day. She asked him for directions to science class, and he was instantly taken by her. She was beautiful, and she was also one of the very few black students at a predominantly white high school. In Nebraska. So, in Nebraska. So yeah. she garnered a lot of attention for both reasons. She was beautiful, and there was not a lot of black kids at this school. Um, Tim said... Quote, she was so different from the average ho-hum Stuart, Nebraska girl. I was really starting to rebel against everything that reminded me of me and of Stuart, if that makes sense. And she was certainly very far from what I was. And because of that, she was the most exciting thing that ever happened to me. I was just determined to get to know her. And he did. He got to know her. The two began, began hanging out. They became friends. And very quickly, they were inseparable and dating. Um, they're friendship turned into a romance they had a lot in common she had lost her stepdad her stepdad had died Tim's father died so they related on a lot of things and Tim has said that he felt he could really be himself with her uh, they also both enjoyed smoking pot and dreaming about becoming rich and famous Tim was hoping to become a famous actor and Monica wanted to be a famous fashion designer hmm. Tim was very quickly very much in love with Monica doesn't everybody in high school share smoking pot and dreaming of being rich and famous? <laughs> okay. So high school, he's coming into his own. Monica, they're in love. He met Monica. He was officially in love. Um, unfortunately, after a while, Tim learned that Monica wasn't wasn't just into smoking pot. Oh. She also enjoyed uh, a bit more dangerous drugs like cocaine and prescription pills, and she was actually using them on a pretty regular basis. Tim wasn't. He was not into it. He tried to convince her to stop and said, like, just let's stick to pot. But she was, at this point, in too deep. And as they headed into their senior year, she was pretty much a full-blown drug addict, using cocaine and prescription drugs on a very regular basis. Can I ask a question? Please. A lot of people say this blanket term, prescription drugs. What kind of prescription drugs? It all is the same. Like, I don't care. But, like, there's downers and uppers. Which ones? Um, Since she was using cocaine, I'm assuming also pain uppers. pills. Oh, I would say pain pills. because. But Why? Why, well, you why would you use Adderall if you have cocaine? Oh, so you get a high and a low. Or like a high and then right. I come down. Like I'm not gonna, okay. If I have cocaine, I, what's my use for Adderall? Like, no need. I use cocaine like and an then to like upper. level out, I'll use pain pills. I would imagine. I don't particularly huh. care for pain pills, but that's what I would imagine. I don't know specifically, though. Uppers, downers, laughers, screamers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Tim, Tim, Tim didn't like that she was obviously using these hard drugs, but he was way too in love to break up with her over just the drug use. Uh, around this same time, the start of Tim's senior year, his mom, Susan, met a man from Denver, Colorado, Walter. And uh, they started dating Tim's entire senior year of high school. And when Tim had just a few months left of high school, his mom married Walter and Walter wanted the whole family to move back to Denver where he was from. Um, and Tim decided to, he thought this, this is a good chance for me to get out of Stewart, Nebraska with 3000 people. So and my he, drug addict girlfriend and mm. the drug. Well, Oh, he tries to bring her. I bet. No, he didn't try to bring her and uh. he didn't want to break up with her either. He just wanted to get some space. Long term, or long you know, they had plans to like be famous and rich together. And he thought Denver is the next best place I can do that beyond Stewart. So he dropped out of high school. Um, and him, Catherine, his sister, and his mom, and Walter all moved to Denver. He fin he did fin get his GED. Um, he felt like he would have more opportunities in Denver, and his family was moving there, so why not? He assured Monica that he was doing this to help secure a better future for them, and that they would still see each other, because it was only about 400 miles away, which is a long distance, but it's still, I mean, it's drivable. Three hours? Yeah, three to four hours, yeah. Four Four hours. hours. Four hours. Four, four hours. Four point five, perhaps. 
I don't four know. to five hours. Depending on bathroom breaks and <laughs> snacks, it's five hour trip. It's a five hour trip. Okay, five hours. Five point four. So glad we hammered that out. Thank God. Um, so Tim, Catherine, Susan, and Susan's new husband Walter Strong were moved into a home in Aurora, Colorado, the suburb of Denver. Tim was instantly taken by the big city lifestyle and was determined to take advantage of all the opportunity that lay right at his feet. And as we said earlier, from a young age, friends, family, and even strangers, there are some stories of strangers being like, whoa, he's such a good looking kid when he was younger. So people were taken by his just kind of natural attractiveness. And now as an 18 year old adult, his striking good looks had become even more remarkable. I mean, he was, people would like stop him and be like, Whoa, you're so attractive. He was very attractive. Apparently. Very attractive. I mean, that's what I walked down the street. People were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm taken by your attractiveness, you know? That's never happened to me. Yeah. I would love you know, it. Someone's did, like, yeah. someone's Thank all, whoa. God that never happens I've been tomorrow. taken over by your attractiveness. Thank God, because Mark oh, would God. just skip I would roll through with the it. rest of the day and then like he would be to Mars. Unbearable. He would be yes. unbearable. Like literally if that happened to me, the he next would suck his Mark own would be like, dick. Cut that. Sorry, but the, he would. The, 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 literally the next. Mark would be like, fuck all you guys. I'm going to Hollywood. Like, you would just fucking take off and you were next on. Day, you'd be on it. I'd be at SpaceX and I'd be like, listen, yeah. you have a rocket engineer thing. I'm going to do this. I'm all, He's look all, at, I've got something here. They're all, how's your math? Look at my face, all, Not man. very good, but I'm all, just get me in there. You know? <laughs> Let me be the face of this. Yeah. Jesus. So anyway, he's striking good looks. Everybody's like, hey, striking what's up? Striking good looks quite remarkable. And so Very he was encouraged striking. by friends and family to use his good looks to his advantage. So he decided, uh, you know, he had been into acting in high school and he thought, well, maybe I can model. So he thought, <laughs> I'll pursue a modeling career. Seems natural because he was very good looking. Very good looking. Very. <laughs> Extremely good looking. So he had headshots done. He was quickly signed um, by Maxim or Maximum, I saw it both ways, talent agency in Denver. He got work pretty quickly as soon as he signed with them. It wasn't nothing huge, but also nothing that like he could have ever done in Nebraska. So he's getting, you know, local fashion shows, print work for, for catalogs and magazines, Sears, things like that. And as he continued to get work um, in Denver, him and Monica also kept the relationship going. So she would regularly drive back and forth between Colorado and Nebraska. She was finishing high school, and then she finished high school, and as far as I know, didn't have much going on. And he had modeling going on. So she would drive out, visit her. And all the while during this, her drug addiction, mostly cocaine, was kind of spiraling out of control. I mean, how are you going to do those long drives without it? Huh? I, I, I'm not going to lie. When I was writing this, I actually thought I was like, well, of course she's driving back and forth. She's got a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> stay up. You know? <laughs> you know, well, I'm not going to say what I want to say because you'll have to cut it. So never mind. <laughs> okay. um, Let's move on. In the yep. year 2000, Monica found out that she was pregnant. No. Yes. Or yay. I don't know. <laughs> right? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't I'd know. I like to say. You have whatever reaction you want. I'd right. like to say dun, dun, dun. Right. Like, that's funny. Mine's like, no. So, surprisingly, the news of an upcoming baby actually helped Monica get clean and sober. Well, Being then, pregnant, yeah. she well, managed to stay away from so. drugs for the entire duration of her pregnancy. Um, Tim and Monica were both, you know, they were 18 and 19, so they were nervous and scared. They didn't plan on this. But... To bo- for both of them, they decided like adoption and abortion, not an option. They were excited to be parents. Tim, were they religious or just that was they they were just? I mean, Tim grew up was, but, but he wasn't religious. He wasn't okay, religious. they grew up religious, That's but he their own personal decision, right? Understood. And so Tim said oh, he actually yeah. said, um, "I always wanted a really large family. I wanted a white picket fence, a pretty wife, lots of cute, healthy children." <laughs> so Monica eventually after nine months, gave birth to a healthy baby girl named her Jasmine. And Tim was ecstatic about this little baby girl, Jasmine. But Monica fell into a very deep depression after she gave birth. I bet. Tim was still modeling in Colorado, traveling back and forth to Nebraska to help take care of Jasmine with Monica in Nebraska, go back to Colorado, do modeling. Oh, they were still set. They're still separate, yeah. interesting, okay. And he kept noticing every time that he went back to Nebraska, Nebraska, like Monica's not only very depressed, but her drug habit had picked back up now. Oh, she got back right back on the right back on the right back on the cocaine. Uh. Um, And she had pretty paralyzing depression at this point. So Tim realized 
not only is this not sustainable to be like driving back and forth between Denver and, and Nebraska, but also this is not a good environment for Jasmine to be living in. And so he decided to take the baby and go back to Colorado for good. Like, like a kidnapping surge is like, I'm taking it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was a kidnapping. I think it was just more of like a, you're depressed and on cocaine. I'm taking our child. Good Wait, luck. Wait, and left her. And left Monica in Nebraska, took Jasmine to Colorado. And that's Monica it. He was like, I'm going to raise this baby by myself. Monica wasn't thrilled about it, but she also was super depressed and very high on cocaine. So there wasn't yeah. a lot of struggle there. He just took her. And then about a month later, Monica died. What? Overdose. No. Drug overdose. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to scream. Yeah. Monica what? died from a suspected drug overdose. And so now at 19 years old, Tim was a <gasps> single father. Oh, my goodness. Baby wow. And although he was booking pretty regular jobs in Colorado. And he was very attractive. <laughs> he was very attractive. Uh. It still wasn't, you know, the, the jobs he was getting in Denver weren't, or Aurora, weren't enough money to really support he's still living with his mom susan and her new husband his older sister they're all walter. living together walter and Catherine. they're all living together and he's so he's making money but he's not making enough money to like support himself in his own place with his daughter he's got to go to la bam ding ding so bef- we're gonna get there okay but the pressure to make more money was overwhelming so he began taking kind of modeling adjacent jobs in Denver to supplement his income like he was dancing at clubs and nightclubs in Denver not strip clubs which is like regular nightclubs where they have like a hot man and like little undies on the stage dancing yeah and then he started working for a Denver based company called the boys next door and that was essentially an escort service but not for women it was for married men who were straight during the day and gay in the evening. What was the company Whoa. called? Boys Next Door. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And th- that's not, I mean, they catered to anyone who was looking for a male escort. Sure. But from what I understand, the majority of their, their clientele, clientele were like men who were married with kids, yeah. married to a woman with kids, like going to work during the day, going to barbecues on the weekend. And then in the evening would get a hotel room, hire a, a male escort. And that was their nightlife, which apparently so, is pretty common. I mean, from what I, I read a bunch Which about part? it here. What do you mean? Which that, part? Like straight married men have. Well, you should do this. Sidecar business. Straight. Yes, in air, air quotes, quotes. Straight yeah. married men yeah, have, sure. um, you know, young male lovers on the side. I didn't realize that. Escorts. Escorts. Yeah. Well, but you know, an escort doesn't mean you, sex, right? It does not no always. Guarantee. In this case, it did. Well, sure. Or, well, I didn't know sure, but sure. Maybe they were just playing Monopoly, you know? Like, yeah. <sighs> Maybe they were. They were not. They were not. They were playing <laughs> Pornopoly. <laughs> I, I can tell you this. Whatever they're doing, you could go directly to jail for. <laughs> yes. they're <laughs> From Monopoly. That's good. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> it took me a minute. So Tim had Tim began getting pretty... He's very good looking and also very personable and charming. So he... People like like he's getting booked like crazy. he got booked like crazy. He had a lot of regular clients. And this wasn't now? his first choice, but he was finally making enough money to afford an apartment for him and his daughter. And he was not just like surviving; he was actually doing okay. He was thriving. He was mm, oh. maybe. Th- I mean, I don't know. He didn't love being an escort. It was actually well, exhausting. He had a bunch of and cash, it, is what I'm saying. Yes, he was financially, financially doing thriving. Okay. Or, but the escort life was kind of. Wearing him out. He didn't like it. He felt like this is a shameful life for me. I don't want to do this. My daughter wouldn't be proud of me. He wanted to get out of the escort business. And so he was still part of this um, talent agency in Denver, you know, where he was getting the modeling jobs. And people told him, his friends and coworkers there said, like, if you really want to make it as a model, you can't be in Denver or Aurora. You got to go to L.A. or New York. And so in the spring of 2002, he arranged for his daughter to stay with his family, stay with his mom and sister, and he packed up and headed west for L.A. You don't want to miss what happens next in today's murder story, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. Your 
so spot on, John. Head out west. Yep. And upon arriving in the city of angels, he had stars in his eyes and he was so excited. And he, but he kind of like, he got there and didn't realize he didn't have a plan. So he just checked into a kind of a seedy motel in West Hollywood. And he thought, fine, I'm going to start going on casting calls. I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get jobs. I'm going to get gigs. I'm going to be famous. He was hungry to achieve this kind of level of fame and fortune that you can really only get in Hollywood. So he went on casting calls for acting and modeling gigs day after day after day. He was just determined to make it. But before too long, he realized that making it in Hollywood wasn't quite as easy as he thought. They's, he wasn't the only very attractive person I was person just going to say that. Like, there's 100%. so many fucking attractive people. Yeah everywhere but they flock if they want to be in the limelight so it was funny i don't i don't have this in my notes but i was reading um a lot not yet but a lot of the later information the story comes from a woman who spent a lot of time with him later in life interviewing him and talking to him she wrote a book that i bought and read and um it's a short book. <laughs> it's like no one was questioning, did you rate it all? <laughs> See, like, like, I have to prove it to you. I'll show you oh, right got now. It. Go grab it. I Bought want it and now. read. Well, it's on Kindle. Uh, um, oh, but, so you can't really prove it. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> so a lot of his accounts of being in L.A. and being in Hollywood, he would say, like, I would go on these casting calls and I thought I would read a description of, you know, a, a 18 to 25-year-old man who's this tall with good looks or whatever and he'd go on his very like, good he looks. was like i got this like i'm gonna get and this there's like he said he'd walk in dudes. and yeah and he said it wasn't a casting call it was a cattle call is what they would call it because it was just a room filled with like six foot tall good looking dudes he was like i walked in and there was a million of me standing there we all looked the same and like how am i gonna get this over these other dudes and he didn't he guess, didn't get it guess what if i'm 25 semi-attractive which i was at 25 in la very attractive i would go if i'm single and looking for a mate i go to the male casting call that's such a good idea i'm all smart the home store just like oops i'm in the wrong place hi Hi. can you tell me how to get here She's all, I'm just a good idea. For the Starbucks. That's a really good idea. You know what I would Any have done? young listeners out there, go do that. You know what I would have done if I was Timothy? What? Right now, like in his life? No. If I was in this castle, I'd be like, yeah, these are all I mean. like me. I'd be all, any guys interested in going to Colorado to be an escort? <laughs> you know? Like, it would, it'd be like the headmaster, I guess, or something like that. But it's like not yeah, the madam. leaving Hollywood to be an escort? To go to Colorado to be an escort. You don't think that Hollywood a has a bunch of, of escorts? A uh, bunch of Someone dudes. that's like been on a million casting calls or something. Well, the thing is, though, is that you're, yeah. you know, LA, they're all over the place. Colorado, you're importing. That's true. Sexiness, Imported you know? escorts. Yeah. Even though they're like local-ish. Well, they're, no, they're from LA. They're imported. Oh, okay. So at this point, Timothy, Tim had been on what he felt were like hundreds of casting calls. And he pretty much booked nothing in LA. So, in addition to driving all over the city, sitting in traffic, going to these casting calls or cattle calls, he was also doing side jobs, like parking cars, working as a day laborer in order to survive and like be able to pay for this motel that he was living in. And this is not at all how he'd imagined life in LA. He thought it was going to be like, whoa, famous on billboards, in magazines, in movies. And that's not what happened. He used to be a big fish in a small pond. Now he's a small fish in a big pond. Ah, that is exactly correct. And so at this point, he Ding. he gave he decided, I'm going to give myself six months. I'm going to give myself six months. I'm either going to make it or I'm going back to Denver. Okay. Six months flew by. And with mm. no big break, Tim was planning to head back to Denver with his tail between his legs. And three days prior to his departure, he was walking down the street on Sunset Boulevard, back to his motel, and a man walked by him. You know, plenty of people walking by on the street, and this one man walked by, and the man turned around and said, hey, are you an actor? And Tim turned around and said, are you talking to me? The man said, yeah. I, based on how you look, I just assume that you're an actor. And Tim said, well, I've been going on auditions, but I'm not booking anything. I haven't had any luck. So the man handed Tim a business card and said, call me. I make movies and I have a lot of work for you. Mm. Whoa. The name on the card said Chi-Chi LaRue, who Tim would soon come to find out was one of the most prolific gay porn producers in the Mm. world. 
Chi-Chi LaRue was not only a director and a producer, but he owned three production companies that all made porn films. Channel One, Rascal Films, one of the most most well-known pornographic film companies, Falcon Films. Really? I've never heard of any of those. Me either. We need to up our porn <laughs> game, apparently. Mark's like, I, I know all of them. He's all, I've seen those all. And so Tim, obviously, in his head, he's like, well, I didn't come out here to be a porn actor. Like, that's not what I want to do. He's was a good-looking kid from Nebraska, like the heartland. Porn, especially gay porn, was just pretty unfathomable to Tim. He was like, I'm, I can't do that. But he was planning to have to leave L.A. in three days and go back to uh, Denver. So he was feeling the pressure. It was closing in on him. He had to make money for himself, for his daughter. And, and like to go back to Denver and be like, yeah, I couldn't make it felt embarrassing. So with that impending doom of like having to go back to Denver and be like, I couldn't make it, he he called Chi-Chi LaRue. Tim said, quote, I literally gave myself six months to make it in Los Angeles or I would go back to Denver. I had three days left. I was hungry and tired. Literally, I was hungry. I also had a kid to feed back in Denver, so I just didn't have many choices left. And Chi-Chi LaRue convinced Tim that his life would be so much better if he'd be willing to just, quote, perform for money. In other words, do porn. I have so many questions, but I'm guessing you might answer a couple, so I'll wait. Okay. So Tim entered into the adult film industry. So he told himself it's just a means to an end. He's not going to do it very long. He said, I'm just going to go in, make a lot of money, and get out. And I have a couple of quotes from Tim recalling his first few films that he did and what it was like being on a porn shoot. He said, there you are with your partner or partners performing these scenes, and all the sex acts are completely staged. Nothing is spontaneous. You're going completely off of a script. Every part of your body placement is staged and calculated before filming begins. There are people standing around you on set, camera guys, stage people, script people, makeup people. At least 30 people at any given moment are standing around you watching you have sex. It's really, really hard. Eventually, you kind of get numb. You have to or you can't really do it. He said, the first time I filmed a scene, I was awful. I had to be reshot I don't know how many times. I just kept thinking, someone I care about could see this one day. Someone I know could say, there's Tim. He's such trash. Look at what he's doing. When that was in my head, in my space, I couldn't perform. I just had to go numb and I couldn't concentrate. On my first shoot, the director finally said, hey, just go over there and have a drink and loosen up. Do something. We're losing a lot of money here. I wish I would have just, at that point, left and never come back. That was a sign for me to just get the fuck out of there. But I didn't. I was so desperate for money. I made myself do it. And after I started doing it, it became routine. Like going to the gym. You just did it. And he did do it. He rose to fame very quickly in the gay porn world. He had the stage name Marcus Allen, which was a famous football player. Shit. That's what you were supposed to quiz us on. Give us a clue and shit. It's yeah, too it late. We would have never guessed that. How could you ever guess Marcus Allen? It, actually, that seems kind of in the realm. Not that that's like a sexual name, but like no, it's not. Mark and do you know who that? Have Allen? either of you ever heard of that? Like, Marcus Allen? No, yeah. no, no, I've never heard of him. He's but a it's famous like, football player who apparently said, on what "Like, team? Um, I have no idea." But he apparently one of his most famous quotes is, "Um." Take it. Just I do just it. wanted to get in there, make a bunch of money, get out and retire. Oh, okay. And so that's why he picked that name because he thought, I'm going to do the same thing with the gay porn. I'm going to get in there, I'm going to make a bunch of money, I'm going to get out. And he did. Between 2003 and 2005, he filmed dozens of porn movies. He didn't identify as gay, uh, but he considered himself with what many people in the industry called gay for pay. Like he was gay... To if you pay me enough money, I'll be gay. Thank you for that explanation <laughs> of gay for pay. Yeah. I, I was confused Sorry. as well. I'm all, like, what's hmm. gay for pay? Okay, fine. Some of his most popular films were Never Been Touched, Body to Die For, Road to Temptation, Dirty Young Bucks, A Little Big League, and <laughs> <laughs> Through the Woods. He also appeared on several covers of different porn magazines and did numerous layouts for the interior of porn magazines and he won several awards do you have photos he i do i will post them and i will show you so these years that he was rising to fame in the adult film film industry it was it was hard on him he didn't exactly love doing the porn he didn't 
he wanted to have sex with women. He didn't really want to have sex with men, but the money was too good. And honestly, it was hard. It was hard on him less because of the porn, but more because he had to lie to his family. No one in his life knew this was happening. He was completely leading a double life. Yeah, he didn't have any like emotional support, right? Like he couldn't tell. Maybe like he told a, no one acquaintance in L.A., but like no, no one that one. he actually gave a shit about. It sounds like at least it sounds like he didn't. He had no one. No, he didn't. He was he was living a double life. He was splitting his time between L.A. and Denver. He spent about two weeks every month or every other month in L.A. And the rest of the time he was in Denver with his daughter. But when he was in L.A., he was just filming, filming, filming for like two to three weeks straight. He'd go back to Denver for a couple weeks, go back to L.A. And no one in Denver had they thought he was there like on modeling shoots and acting gigs. So, like, when he said, oh, my gosh, someone I care about could see this one day. Mm-hmm. All I thought about is his daughter. Mm-hmm. What's his daughter's name? Jasmine. Love it. Okay, so Jasmine could see it one day. So, Jasmine now, that was 2020, or t- 2000. He definitely wasn't worried that Jasmine was going to see him in gay porn 20 years later when she got the access to no, the internet. but you know he was mean? worried oh. she might find out about it. Because well, even if she went, like, well, if she Mark, was also homosexual, like... And She's probably not watching gay porn. Exactly. Like well, male, right. gay, male porn. gay porn. Yeah. Okay, but here I we are. I guess someone could be like, oh, this, hey, I saw well, your this, dad in no, a movie. This leads up to my question. Oh. oh. If Snappy. you found out that yeah. your father, at tw- you're like, tw- so it was tw- 2000-ish. So it's twenty. She's like two thousand. She's she's only three to five years old at this point. Right, but now today, like later, she's yeah, mid twenties ish. Yes. What whatever happens to her dad? I don't know yet. You don't. Well, it came out somewhere. Like that something was, came out. He did. He was a huge. So if your dad star was a gay porn star that you never knew about, would you look it up online? I would, but then I would ask someone else to. I wouldn't, you know, you'd want to see, but you wouldn't. You just want to see if his, like, acting yeah, was good? Yeah, you just, like, come on, if you knew your dad was Yeah, there's fucked. a little curiosity there, for sure. That's all for I'm sure. saying. I'm not saying, like, I'm all, oh, that'd my be God. A hard, honestly, that's a, that's a great question, and that'd be a hard decision. Because if I knew, I mean, I can only put this in the context of dad, which I'd, grosses me out. Whatever. But, like, let's say I found out today that whatever. dad was doing gay porn right. back in the 90s. I would want to look, I'd and I'd do see, this. And and I wouldn't want to see. And then I'd ask Mark to watch. Yeah. And We'd make you watch. Mark's all, heck yeah. <laughs> I uh, couldn't. Well, He's all, I cannot look away. <laughs> okay, back on track. All right, back on track. So, so Tim it. was yeah. hating lying to his family. He was hating lying to his friends. He was worried that someone would eventually find out that he was doing gay porn. And also, when he would go back to Denver, his mom would be like, oh my God, what did you just go do? What, what? What modeling shoot were you on? What movie were you in? When can I watch the movie? Was, uh, I was in the woods. And she, <laughs> and she was like, he he would be like, oh, it's coming out, you know, I don't know, maybe next year. Like, he'd have to keep lying and pushing them off. He kicks that can down the yeah, road. Yeah, exactly. Kick that can down the road. That's exactly right. The double life was becoming too much. He felt a constant internal conflict between the values that he was raised with and his current life choices. So he began kind of spiraling. He was drinking. He was doing drugs. He was showing up late to set. He was angry, angry, angry to the point where other actors actually didn't want to work with him on these porn shoots. Um, and angry Tim actually said, three. "What? Sorry. <laughs> what did you say? He said he's angry, 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 <laughs> angry, 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 angry. He was. He became angrier and angrier as time went on. Every sh- movie that he did, he was like more and more angry." And he was quoted as saying that working in the porn industry slowly rips away your soul piece by piece. And so finally, one day he was in L.A. This was in 2005-ish. Obviously soulless at this point. Completely (laughs) soulless. Like just one scrap of soul. Yep, just a little bit of soul left. He's in the bathroom preparing for a shoot. And he he said, he he was recalling this in a later interview and said, I don't know what clicked or what happened exactly, but I was standing there shaving, looking at myself in the mirror, and I said, you are such a loser. You should be doing so much more with yourself. What if Jasmine finds out? What if she knows she would be so ashamed of her own father? I just couldn't take it another day. I thought any job anywhere would be so much better than this. So I finished shaving, and I said, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Whatever happens, happens, but this is over. 
packed up his shit, got in his truck, and drove back to Denver. Left that shoot, never filmed he the never movie. He never filmed it. And just left and never looked back. Well, guys, if you've made it this far, I am very impressed with you because this was a different kind of episode. We've obviously never done three of us on the mic before, and it was kind of unplanned, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Not sure if anyone is actually going to enjoy it, so we will see if it ever happens again, but this is a two-part episode. The recording was actually three and a half hours, so... This is part one, and if you want to find out what happens to Timothy and where this murder actually occurs, because we haven't even really gotten to anything murderous yet, then you will have to tune in next week for the conclusion. And we would also really love your feedback. I know this one was a little hectic. I think we could all probably do this together once in a while, um, have it be a little bit less uh, crazy. But would love to hear your thoughts on if this is something that you would like occasionally or if you prefer when it's just me and Jenna or me and Mark. Anyways, thank you for listening and hopefully you will tune in next week for the conclusion of this very crazy uh, three-person special episode. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Death by Southwest is hosted by Jenna Schneider and Margot Carmichael. Executive produced by Margot Carmichael. Produced by Jenna Schneider. Audio editing and sound design by Margot Carmichael. Music by Soundstripe. And a special thanks to Edward R. Murrow for letting us borrow his famous sign-off phrase, good night and good luck. <laughs>